Blog Welcome Talk to Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, guys. Just uh, adjusting a few things here, and we'll be live. Welcome to the program. This is the anti-Illuminati party or the anti-New World Order party. Tonight we're going to be talking about targeted enlightenment. I'm going to be joined by Dave Pruitt, Daniel Locke, and John McGuire. I want to welcome the gentlemen to the program and want to say uh, thanks for joining us this evening. And is anybody online at the moment? John McGuire, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. Absolutely. How are you? Not bad. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, appreciate you joining us today on the program. Sorry, it's a little uh, chaotic at the beginning here to log some phone calls in here. But, uh, you know, that's uh, technology today, right? Pretty much. All right. So I saw, John, I appreciate the uh, cool photo that you went us for the group targeted enlightenment, and I uh, really like the idea that you put into that. Can you tell me a little bit about your idea for this uh, uh, the photo cover there? Actually, I forgot it was targeted. I was thinking triggered, and I thought that's where it gave me the image idea, but <laughs> still works. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I like it. Because you know how they say, I I think the reason I confused them was because people say targeted or triggered when they're talking about, like, MKUltra and stuff. So I just confused them, but yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, man, I came up with this idea of uh, targeted enlightenment because there's so much talk about targeted individuals. And... You know, and I thought, well, you know, if the government can do this to people, you know, harassing people in a very negative way to, you know, either discredit them or make them look crazy. I mean, there's unlimited reasons why people would be targeted individuals um, or TIs or electronically harassed. And you could think of all the conspiracies out there behind the whole idea of targeted individual. But uh, I thought, you know, why not use, turn a negative into a positive and take the targeted idea and use it for enlightenment. And that's where I came up with the targeted enlightenment group and also the targeted enlightenment hashtag so that we can actually use that as a force for good to Use it to enlighten individuals, you know, whether they be political individuals or just individuals in your circle of friends, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter. 
and have a network of truthers or patriots basically infobomb information to people that would be enlightening and educational, as well as uh, have people on a list for prayer who would need, you know, such a, a thing in their life. You know, I believe that prayer does have power, and I believe a group of individuals uh, praying or sending enlightenment messages to people will actually uh, grow the movement and the truth movement in our favor. And, you know, sure, there's different groups and, you know, out there that do this, but are there really groups out there that do flash mob, you know, liberating ideas? Uh, and, you know, so that's my thought, my own personal take on the idea of targeted enlightenment. John, what do you, what do you think on this specific subject? What comes to mind from you? Well, amazingly, just today I was talking to a friend about the uh, a friend who works for a Mormon uh, boss, and we're kind of talking about how there's like a ton of Mormons in the CIA, which I just found out because I was researching that uh, uh, <clears throat> Kathleen O'Brien, who alleged that she was raped by Hillary when she was seven, and that, again, was part of the MK Ultra thing. Anyways, um, but we were, she was saying, you know, like, kind of like, if we could, um, like, infiltrate the Mormon church and just, you know, turn it into, you know, something free. Um, and I was saying, well, not, well, yeah, but, I mean, what you can do is, uh, you can uh, you meet a Mormon or anybody who's mind controlled for that matter, and uh, you know you gotta like research. For example, we're using the example of Mormonism. Research it a little, find out something that you can like about it, and start off the conversation with that. And then once you've got them sort of like more receptive, because they're taught to be really paranoid and hostile to outsiders and not hostile exactly, but, you know, very guarded. That's the word, uh, keyword. Um, once they let their guard down, then you sort of hit them with, you know, but there's this that I know because I've researched. This is what they do to people who leave, you know. So how is that Christian? I'm not sure how to reconcile that. You know, and, and, and keep it, keep the I statement, keep it personal. And, yeah, so using the example of... Uh, <clears throat> you know, more members of the Mormon church, which I know plenty of because around here there's a lot of them. Uh, and a friend of mine just started working for one. Um, that's just sort of, uh, and she was also talking about, she kind of, you know, has this where she notices something in their eyes or she thinks she does, you know, she's not sure, but I'm like, well, you know, notice when the eyes change and, to, you know, from guarded to receptive, so to speak. And then you know, you can hit them with something a little more, uh, you know, some tough love, some truth. Yeah. So I thought that was a funny funny thing that just happened today before you sent me this idea. Yeah, I noticed that we do have a couple other callers on the line. If uh, anybody would like to uh, go ahead and say something on the subject and the topic that we're talking here today. 
Hey, this is David Pruitt. Um, and uh, I actually, last night, I was, uh, I've been dealing with a case that, I, that has taken me across country. And uh, I don't know if Eric's told you about that case. I can't really speak about it um, until it comes to a close. But it's been a huge ordeal. Corruption, the likes of which even Eric hasn't seen with the courtroom observers, Daniel. Daniel, you'll love to right. hear more about this case. But um, it's, it's, it's taking. Is it the Dave? Is it the, the David uh, or the Daniel Rock sure. case you're talking about? No, no, no. Different. That that's also got huge implications, and I'm working on that too. We've got our people. You see, because that's in Nevada, we've got our people on it, and it will get resolved as soon as Daniel calls um, the people he's been told to call. Um, but Daniel's here got, too, by the way, guys. Oh, okay. Hey Daniel, it's David Pruitt. Hey, how you doing, man? But um, I'm doing great. Um, last night I met two people who uh, who were part of this family that I'm helping out, and uh, both of them were not very receptive at first. And you know they got on the taxes and corruption and the and the uh, the presidential talk. And I said, hey, what if I could prove you everything that you're saying is irrelevant, and I could prove that the U.S. is just a corporation? like anything else, and I could not just prove it, but I could give you evidence to support my proof. Um, went into it for about two and a half hours. These two guys walked away with smiles on their face. They were depressed when they showed up for a family dinner last night. And uh, I'm here, you know, doing security and stuff, and um, I, I talked to them. I, I gave them all the information, not all of it, but a lot of information, and uh, these two guys had smiles on their faces, and they said, it doesn't matter. I said, exactly. That's what I've been saying. See, um, fictitious entities, corporations, uh, all these things, the only way they have power is if we give them power over us. Um, if we allow them to keep that power, we've basically consented to them doing whatever the hell they want. Okay? And the slavery of fear is one of the biggest, one of the biggest tools they use, the slavery fear from retaliation, whether it be retaliation, whatever, okay, the slavery fear is very powerful, but the slavery of ignorance can be cured and by enlightening people with the knowledge, you know those two guys were, you know, they're in California here and it it's not very nice out here, I can tell you that right now uh, They they're getting told, uh you know, we're going to be upping your property taxes for this much a year. I told them, you know, you're in a you're in an area where a lot of people are like-minded. What you need to do is educate others, like I've educated you. What you've done is you've educated them, so now they are not no longer slaves to ignorance. See, we can cure ignorance. We cannot cure stupidity. And uh, well, that was, I got invited to this and I figured I'd share that story that's just one of them I had a, when we were traveling cross country um, I had another family I uh, ran into at a gas station talked to the guy um, the, the father and I'm um, talking to him talking to him talking to him and all it, all it takes is having a positive you don't have to be arrogant about it but just say hey you know this is, these are just my views and if they're offensive to you I can shut up but I guarantee you, if you listen, I have the evidence to support what I'm saying. And uh, it's 
I've gotten to educate a lot of people on this trip. I've gotten people who were lifelong Hillary Clinton supporters who now are like, well, you know, both options suck. So um, it's, it's amazing what we can do. If we educate, we can win hearts and souls and minds. Uh, and that's what it's all about, guys. You know, it, it, you know, when people, the truth is very hard to take because the truth is so almost unbelievable for some. It is unbelievable for most. Um, but when we can educate people, we can bring them into our level of enlightenment, and then now they can educate people. So now we're not educating on our own. That is the goal. We want people educating at every street corner, every every grocery store, every family gathering. We want educators. Uh, that's what we I, need. I, uh, and, I joined the call a little late here. Are we talking about the common law stuff, or we're we're talking about everything? Okay. Uh, and like I I would say empowering individuals is what this is all about. The truth movement is about empowering individuals. It's not about just common law. It's not just about um, alternative energy. It's not just about all these things. It's about empowering individuals and saying, we aren't going to help you. We're not going to empower you ourselves. We're going to give you the tools to empower yourself if you want to. It is your option, your choice. Um, I think that's what it's about. And I, I mean, anyone can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how I feel about the subject. I actually... What you just said there is very, very true. I mean, it's definitely about empowering people, and, and enlightenment is, is a positive uh, factor in this, um, you know, targeted enlightenment. We are trying to bring the light to people and, and bring goodness, and it's, like you said, it's all different facets of the truth movement. And that's what's great about the word targeted enlightenment. It doesn't just talk about one specific subject. I mean, it could be multiple platforms of enlightenment. You know, it could be holistic health. It could be spiritual health. It could be, you know, uh, mind, your body, mind, body, mind, and soul. You know, those are the most important things. And, uh, you know, we, we've always had people that are going to try to bring you know, deception and propaganda, but, you know, enlightenment goes above those and, and, and it goes deep into the truth. And that's what we're trying to do is rise above the lie, basically, that's being told to the world. And we have enough people, we have enough patriots, and we have enough truthers in the world that if we came together as a network and we started to focus on individuals as well as groups that we could do so much greater as a movement. And I, I really, that's my vision, is to bring people together, you know, for this mission. And it's uh, guys like you guys that are here today that, you know, we're, we're definitely of like mind. The majority of the things that we stand for, we pretty much agree on most of the things that our cause for liberty is what, what binds us together, man. And, I appreciate you guys, and I just want to tell you that. Thank you for being a team member uh, in the truth movement. You know, it's a it's a thankless job. Many times, you, you you know, you're always told negative things, but 
it's good to be told that you're doing a good job if what you're doing is for a righteous cause. You know. Hey, and, Daniel, uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I you need to go read my Facebook posts more often. I said something because someone asked me why I do what I do because I don't I I don't get thanks for going helping people out. I, I haven't gotten paid. I've been out here for a month helping out this family. I didn't I didn't get paid a penny. Um, but uh, there's a Facebook post I really think you ought to read. Everyone ought to read it um, that's friends with me on Facebook. Uh, my posts are private. You can feel free to share them. I don't even care if you give me credit or not. But um, I say, I said something along the lines of, um, if you're looking to be a hero um, for, for fame, you're doing it for the wrong reasons because it is more than a thankless job. You will be ridiculed. You will be threatened. You will be targeted. You will not be thanked. <laughs> there is no two ways about it. You will be treated like crap for doing the right, right. thing because so few have the balls to do the right thing. Right. So. All right, quick question uh, for you, Dave. Um, what, what people were you talking about? Were you talking about Tom? Uh, I'm talking about the people that Gary Bla- uh, Bergman gave you the info for on the uh, knowledge yeah, of law yeah. versus presumption of law. Yeah, I've been in touch with them. I actually went over to uh, Tom's house uh, two days ago. Awesome. Um, I wanted to let you know, too, I know the, the call is in the right place to say this, but uh, I may be making a trip down your way on my way back to deal with the last of this situation out back east. Um, so I'll let you know if I do come down that way. That would be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. It's <coughs> It's a very fluid situation. When you deal with right. this level of corruption. Yeah, yeah, you kind of gave me a little bit of detail on that, and yeah, it's yeah. just that's great, great work you're doing there. Uh, well, so far so good. I haven't gotten shot yet, so pretty huh. close. <laughs> but right. not shot yet. So. Awesome. But, hey, it's Joe McGuire. Are you still here on the call? Still here. Great. Hey, um. Just wanted to get your take. I know you've been a little bit quiet there. Uh, what do you think of what's been said so far? Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty general, but it's hard to, nothing to really, I mean, I'd love, uh, uh, by the way, nice meeting you guys. Uh, I don't know you at all, but, uh, yeah, um, anyway, I've been friends with Daniel for a few years, and, uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, I guess I'd like to give examples just to give advice. Yeah, oh, I I can tell you guys all the best way to interact with people. Um, I I have I have never been told that I'm a liar by using this this uh, Lori Anderson from Freedom Outpost taught me this. Um, and the best way to teach people about the illegitimacy of the U.S. government, all you have to do is say. What if I could prove everything you believe is true is a lie as far as our government is concerned? First off, the word government is very misleading. It comes from the Latin govern or governa, meaning um, to control. And then uh, the uh, ment coming from the word menta or also known from the word mental, which means the mind. Um, So government means to control the mind. So that's rule number one, is we have to define the language we're using. Then rule number two 
we look at international law defines a corporation as a fictitious entity operating solely and only for profit. Okay? Keywords here are fictitious entity and solely and only for profit, okay? My first question would be, is the U.S. government legitimate? No. We can prove through their own laws that they are not. Title 28, U.S. Code 3002, Section 15, A, B, and C. The United States is a corporation defined by their own law as a corporation. Corporations are fictitious entities operating solely and only for profit. So how can a fictitious entity have the best interests of natural living beings at heart, and how can a fictitious entity ever, ever have the best interests at heart of natural living beings when they are operating solely and only for profit? We see this throughout the um, industrialized military complex. We see this in the prison complex. We see this in the just us system or justice system known by others. Um, There's actually, you know, we uh, see it in sorry. Go ahead. There's actually a government department dedicated to propaganda, but they don't call it yes. propaganda. It's called the Office of War Information, and they've been lying to us at least since World War II. Yes, and this is. This is what this is how you you start the conversation. Start the conversation like that. You know, I was when I went through some of the training I went through. I had a IRS agent who was a desk jockey. That's what we call those guys when they go through tactical training because you know they're, they they want to be badasses. They they want to be a badass, but they don't really have the balls to do it. You know, um, he said something profound to me. He said, and I quote, "It doesn't matter to us about revenue." It really doesn't, because we're not there to create revenue. We are specifically instructed to only take out, threaten, and prosecute those who create hard job, uh, make the job harder for the other entities who do create revenue. Think about that for a second. The Internal Revenue Service, they're not there to create revenue. See, it's all a shell game. It's he said, she said first, I believe it's the first uh, part of the tax code says all um, all income taxes shall be voluntary. So why are they forcing it on people? It's because it's used as an instrument of suppression and tyranny. Suppression, oppression, tyranny, whatever you want to call it. It is a tool to get their way. It is a tool to suppress those who would speak out against the unlawful acts that they commit on a daily basis. The problem is that through um, things like mastering the human domain, all that, we see a dehumanization of the general populace by federal agents, by county workers, by every person who's supposed to be a public servant. Now, granted, I know they're not really public servants, but if they use the name, they should at least be held accountable to that standard. And I would also say that you ask people, well, why, why, do, why are police officers exempt from the law if they're, if they're supposed to enforce it? And they always go, well, they have to because, you know, they're enforcing the law. They're keeping the rest of us safe. Well, my question would be when the people who are supposed to keep us safe are held to a lower moral, legal, and ethical standard than the general populace, does that not make them worse than the general populace? And yet that is government in a nutshell, you know. I mean, as uh, – as Mayor Giuliano pointed out, uh, Martha Stewart was put in prison for lying to the FBI one time, and Hillary has lied to him, I don't know, 29 times? 39. 
39, sorry. Yeah, I just saw that. A hell of today, a lot. So. Yeah. More times than we could get away with, right? Oh, yeah. And by the way, we've got Eric and all of us have a great name for the FBI. Do you want to know what that stands for? The Federal Bureau of Idiots. <laughs> Oh, you I know, thought it was the, going to be the, more. Oh well. Yeah, it was. Well, good, uh, but it's true. They're useful idiots. They do what they're told. You, nothing yeah. more. Have you talked to Tom or any of them about the, um, you know, the admiralty law? I know Lori had mentioned it in a call not too long ago as well. But uh, um, I learned a lot about um, the admiralty law and the martial law flag. You know, within court system with the, the gold fringe around it. Um, Learned an awful lot about that and, you know, what it actually means to be a citizen of the United States. Uh, there's only actually a couple of states, uh, Louisiana being one of them, um, Washington being another one, and I think there's two more, uh, that if you reside in those states, then you're automatically considered a citizen of the United States. But uh, in order for you for you to be an actual citizen uh and claim citizenship of the United States means that you have really no rights. You are, you know, basically corporate property. But you're saying that in only, but you're saying that in only a couple of cases, they're automatically U.S. citizens. Only in a couple of states. Even even today. Even today. Wow. Unless you were like, you know, receiving unless you're receiving government assistance. Or you know you have registered to vote, then yeah, you're also considered uh, a United States citizen. Now, if you you know stop you know being registered to vote or quit uh, you know receiving any government assistance, then oh, limit uh, the District of Columbia, Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. Guam, American Samoa, Northern Marina Islands, Trump Territory of the Pacific Islands, or military bases within the several states or federal agencies. Hey, you're cutting out. Hey, Daniel, just wanted to say that you're. Your phone is breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it's interference from uh, the bad guys or not, but uh, some of the things you had to say there were broken up. So you might want to repeat a few things. Are you still there? It looks like he might have called, might have dropped or something. But basically, John, what he's saying is that the corporate citizenship is basically a false identity. We're considered to be monsters, according to the law, if you are not a entitled a person. So if you take a Social Security card or any documentation, you no longer actually are human, but they consider you to be a monster and a citizen of the state which is pretty interesting. If you look up those terms in the Black's Law Dictionary, you'll find many of these truths that uh, we're talking about. And that's basically 
this is the whole idea of targeting. The real monsters are in charge of the whole system. Right, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, There's a lot of monsters out there, and that's the whole idea of targeting enlightenment, to let people understand what this is really all about. I mean... Anyways, uh, go ahead, John. What's that? No, go ahead, John. Well, I guess, yeah, when it comes to, uh, yeah, it's it's just so funny to me how, you know, the monsters are calling us monsters, you know, kind of like the whole, uh, you know, the Hunchback of Notre Dame and, like, you know, kind of like, you know, I I guess what, oh, my gosh. Is there a car crash going on? Uh, what Fred would have called projection, I think, you know, when they, you know, they're calling us what they are, really. Just uh, really striking. Well, and I, what I would say is, it's like, uh, it's like when you get pulled over and they go, "Do you know what you did wrong today?" It's not because you did anything wrong normally. It's normally because they know they did something wrong. Deep down, they know what they're doing is wrong, so they've got to project it upon you. It's like uh, every time I get pulled over. They project upon me what they did. Did you know that you were speeding today? I wasn't speeding. I'm not a driver. I'm not a commercial entity. But they yeah. are, and they were breaking the speed limit. Uh, so they are subject to that. I was not. Um, the The problem is, is when we enlighten people, we have to do it in a in a very. There are those who enlighten by yelling and screaming. That doesn't ever work. That's not a good teaching technique. We're supposed to be teachers. We're supposed to be educating our um, our communities, our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones. And the best teaching technique that can be used always has been by saying what I'm – when you say what you're going to say, you give supporting evidence, and then you let them make up their mind. You do not tell them this is the only way. You tell them this is just my solution. This is – you know, the, here are some other people's solutions. Give them the options. Let them make up their own mind. We don't want a whole bunch of mindless drones. We already have that. We want free individual thinkers. Yeah. That's the thing about freedom. I mean, you don't force people to be free. You let them, you, 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 you let, them let themselves be free. That's all there is. I know Daniel, Daniel dropped. Uh, but he's back. Daniel, are you there again? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Great. Do you want to pick up what you were talking about because you were cut off and called dropped? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to uh, t- share with you a few things here, actually. Um, a couple of the points I was going to get to, um, like uh, there's the citizen of the United States and then there's a citizen of one of the states. You can actually find that in uh, Maxwell versus Dow. And then, uh, you know, U.S. citizens actually do not have any constitutional rights. And that's also in Maxwell versus South. You'll find um, that a U.S. citizen, you know, upon leaving the District of Columbia, is automatically uh, involved in interstate commerce. And as a resident, they don't have, you know, the common law right to travel as a citizen of one of the separate states. And you can find that in Hendricks versus Maryland. Uh, U.S. citizens also don't have the, the guaranteed Second Amendment right to bear arms. You can find that in West versus Louisiana. Uh, U.S. citizens, it's actually a, 
a fictitious entity that's um, you know created by these corporations, this corporation of the United States, and you have no rights. You can see that in uh, Wheeling Steel Corporation versus Fox. Um, you know, we're property of the federal federal government if you're considered a U.S. citizen. That's also in uh, Wheeling versus uh, Wheeling State Cor- uh, Steel Corporation versus Fox. Uh, you also, as a uh, as a U.S. citizen, though, you are entitled to uh, the Fourteenth Amendment right for uh, you know civil rights, but you do not have the right to the custody of your own children. Um, you can find that in uh, Wadley versus Newhall. Uh, the they say uh, the U.S. citizens have no political rights, which is you know vested in the citizens of the state. You can see that in uh, the People versus uh, De La Guerra. Uh, people does not include citizens. So, and that you can find in uh, Barron versus Mayor in the City Council of Baltimore. Uh, the term resident and citizen of the United States is distinguished from a citizen of one of the several states, and. In that, the former, you know, the, the citizens of the states is a special class of citizens. That was created by Congress. You can find that in uh, U.S. versus Anthony 24, uh, federal uh, 829, I think. That was back in 1873. Uh, it's, it goes on and on. It's just, it's ridiculous. You know, if you're, if you're not a, a citizen, you have more rights than a citizen. You know, you can be a citizen of the state and, you know, allowed to drive without a driver's license because you're you're not, you know, you're not doing commerce. And if they ever pull you over, you know, you can technically tell them, like, well, you know, if they ask you, you know, why I pulled you over, no, why did you pull me over? You know, and if they ask for a license, you don't really have to give it to them. Now, like myself, I don't have a license. I actually beat a, uh, a driving without a license case in uh, in Alaska right before I moved out here. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. If anyone has any questions or anything, that'd be well. I gotta, I gotta go for just a moment here. I'll be right back. Daniel. Yeah. Uh, you're still in Nevada, correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. When uh, when we get together, we'll be talking about that because I've got um, between myself and Gary and all of us, we've got a ton that'll help you because um, they will screw with you. I got pulled over to a mm-hmm. 90 and a 65. And uh, he told me to have a nice day, asshole, after I got done with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they hate it when didn't give me a ticket. Oh, yeah. I asked him. I asked it. Could it not be that you're uh, – I've got the whole thing. I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But I, I said, uh, well, officer, a crime requires a victim. Yep. And seeing as the, there is no victim, I can only assume that you're trying to manufacture my consent – to engage in a corporate contract between the corporate state, um, their corporate policy, and uh, are trying to gain that consent to um, in, um, to unlawfully entrap me into a um, uh, statutory racketeering scam. Yep. It's something along those lines, and I've got the little script I carry it with me. And um, yeah, they they just gave a friend of mine because we do our own right to travel plates. They just gave her a ticket for uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, fictitious registration. <laughs> I uh, if I was there, I'd be I'd be going to court to represent her on that. But uh, I'm not. But. She'll do fine. She's a 
Well, well, we'll have to give you the rest of those updates. Yeah, but that well, one, I met had, her. Go ahead. Tom just had a uh, pretty similar uh, incident with a police officer where, you know, he was pulled over and he uh, had given back his license, you know, to the state and said he didn't want it. And uh, they were trying to give him a ticket for driving without a license and he took him to court and won. And that same officer uh, came back to his house with a warrant to raid his house, and they drew uh, drew guns, like not just him but several other officers. They drew guns on his 11-year-old boy and uh, his wife and himself. Is Tom busted? Tom who? Tom Benson. I don't know Tom uh, Benson. Gary Gary Bergman knows. He's one of the guys that he oh, referred yeah, me I, to. He's I, the one that kind of gave me all this information. The, uh, He's the uh, he's Tom a common law retired. Yeah, but he's uh he's the retired. I don't deal with those guys. So, um, anyways, mm. he's uh he's re- uh, retired um, cop from California, right, or, or corrections officer or something. Yeah, like he was a CO for like twelve years. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I I don't deal with the uh, continental U.S. marshals too much anymore. I, uh, well, he's a common law marshal. Okay, what's the difference between the continental U.S. marshals and the common law marshals? Common law marshals are for the people of the states. Um, the continental marshals are, you know, basically the same thing as police or FBI or CIA. They're, you know, part of the corporation, you know, so. Uh, Tom is actually, Tom and um, and Michael Hamilton, they're both in the middle of this process. It's an amazing process. They explained a, a little bit to me about uh, creating common law uh, judges, marshals, sheriffs, and uh, grand yeah, jury. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're, I'm telling you, if that's the same Tom that Gary Bergman told me about, he's a continental U.S. marshal, not a common law U.S. marshal. They operate under common, common law, but it's very, uh, oh. yeah. They continental. They're not affiliated with the corporation or anything that I'm aware of. Exactly. Uh, Judge yeah, yeah. Duchette and all them. Um, yeah, I. Yep. They've been asking me to be one for like two and a half years, but they never yeah. got me any of the paperwork or anything. And I told them, if you think that you have more arrest powers than someone without a badge, you're an idiot. A. B. If you need a badge to do what's right, you're a fucking idiot. Excuse my right. language, by the way, Daniel. Uh, but. Well. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, something I read along those lines was that, you know, I mean, about natural law, I mean, law is just, it, you know, the only legitimate law is natural law. Any law that agrees with it is redundant, and any law that contradicts it is unlawful. Criminal. So why have, why have written law? Good question. You know, just yeah. like why have badges? What, what exactly does it, it doesn't make sense when you analyze it. I wanted to make a whole here. You know how the law is kind of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And on the outside, there's a... Hello? I'm there. Yeah, we're still here. I, well, I another maybe, big uh, thing I think um, that doesn't get talked about a lot is the national debt and what that means. The fact that your nation... Well, not really your nation, but the state is in debt. They call it national so that they can foisted on us, um, what that means is that it's not sovereign. It's not autonomous. So, you know, even if the government weren't full-on corporate, which we know it is, 
it would still not be sovereign. It would still be answering to the banks anyway. So there's that. Um, I would I would take it one step further. Um, does anyone know what a debt-based economy is? Let me let me help you guys educate credit, more credit. people. Debt-based. Go ahead. Is it is it credit like? Well, no, no. Listen, okay. In a debt-based economy, all assets, and I'm talking about for governments. In a debt-based economy, all assets, all um, anything that's worth money is considered debt. Okay, even if it's hard gold or whatever, it's still considered debt. The way they do that is, they just say, "Oh, you know, we own this piece of land. It's an asset, but um, we we owe." Uh, this company, some fictitious company, this much money, even though they don't really owe that much money, so they can say, oh, we need to raise taxes, we need to do whatever. The guy who explained this to me was an accountant uh, at the Pentagon. Funny, huh? Debt-based economies are nothing more than a shell game designed specifically to make it look like we've incurred debt when there is no real debt. We owe no one nothing. A fictitious entity cannot owe anyone anything. Think about it. Right. Especially when the Federal Reserve and everything is another fictitious entity. How can one fictitious entity owe another fictitious entity money? See, these are creatures of the mind only. They don't exist anywhere but in the minds of the people who allow them to exist. They, Yeah, there there are buildings with the names on them and stuff, but they aren't real. They're, they're I mean, they're, they're tangible but they're not real. They're not. Um, they're fictitious in the fact that they are fraudulent. So it's kind of like if you have a guy come up to you with a catalogs, one of those badges you used to be able to cut out of the catalogs, you know, boxes. If he came up to you with one of those, would that make him any more legitimate? With one of those on his chest, no, it doesn't make him legitimate. But if you allow him, if you, if you give your consent by allowing him to interact with you in what he considers an official capacity, you get consented. Consent is everything. This yeah. is why we have to educate people. Yeah. Do not consent. <laughs> Vacate. Um, I do not consent. I do not um, contract. Everything is done under threat, duress, and coercion. I like that about the word government meaning mind control. I mean, and that's really where all control begins and ends is the mind. I mean, if yeah. they didn't have a if they didn't have a condition to respect whatever piece of metal they're wearing, uh, guess what? I mean, and that's all we need to do is deprogram that. Yeah, all we have to do is when we educate people, when we educate people, we empower them as individuals. We allow them to think for themselves. And I would take it one step further. I would say that, um, by empowering individuals, we actually gain more freedom than we could ever possibly imagine because individuals are where the freedom lies at, okay? In a republic, the rights of the individual supersede the rights of the collective. We want to be a republic. We do not want to be a democracy. In a democracy, the rights of the collective supersede everything. In a fascist nation, we all know how that goes. In a... <laughs> You know, we could go through it all. In a socialist nation, we know how all that goes. You see, there are very few differences between most of the different types of nations out there. We, what we really want to be is we want to be a free people, sovereign and able to govern ourselves. 
by our by what we decide is best for us as individuals. Right. Hey guys, I just want to let you know that the show here is actually coming to an end. But if you want to, you can uh, go to our website, antinewworldorderparty.com or antiilluminatiparty.com. And this episode will actually be aired from the blog. And if you want to search for the term, it would be Targeted Enlightenment. And it's the very first blog that you'll see listed. And I wanted to say I appreciate you guys for calling in the program today. And thanks. And I'm hoping that we can do a follow-up program with Targeted Enlightenment and brainstorm some more great ideas and discuss some more great topics, especially with law. And um, I just want to say again, uh, thank you guys.